Hey there, everyone. My name is Jack Packard. I am business on top and short pants on bottom here for The Escapist. And I'm Nick Landra, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist, and wearing a long sleeve shirt because it's actually cold out today. Ho, ho, ho! On this week's Escapist show, we're going to be talking Mortal Shell, Spooky Game Collection, and Spirit Fairer. Then over in the topics, it's all about all of us. Our new content. Holy moly. Hello and welcome. This is The Escapist Show. All right, so Nick, what have you been playing last week? So, I finished my very first Souls Like. Hey, I assume you're talking about Mortal Shell. Yes, I beat that game. And I got good at it. Congratulations. I got real good at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so after does that fill you with confidence now well all right well we'll get to that there, there's a caveat here so yeah <laughs> we uh it was on the editor's hour with kc i pretty much fucked up and had to restart all more shell because i skipped over all the um all the upgrades at the start and then once you get to a certain spot you can't go back until you beat the boss oh so no. i was not prepared for the boss so then i restarted i knew where everything was i ran all through it Got through it, and I was like, you know, doing, doing pretty good by the end of the stream. I had beaten the too many bosses and, and gotten through. Mm -hmm. So uh, after the stream, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll save it for the editor's hour. And then I was like, you know, I kind of want to play it more. I just can't wait. <laughs> so I went through and played the rest of it. Uh, and I actually I defeated the one boss that I was stuck on on the stream and couldn't beat, the ice boss, which is apparently the mm -hmm. hardest one in the game. So I finally beat that. <laughs> then I went and beat all the rest of the bosses, and I didn't die once. Hey. So uh, does does that mean you got good, or it's a weak ass Souls game? I don't you know, know, I I think um well I found the like the really tanky shell right, and then mm. basically what I did is I went back and grinded up, and I got all of his upgrades. I just made him <laughs> super OP or, or as OP as you can be. Um, and then yeah, I just kind of you know blasted right through the rest of the game. So. You know, it's kind of funny because I went on Reddit afterwards and I was like, you know, how difficult is Mortal Shell? And there's people in there complaining that it's too hard. And I'm like, am I good? So then I was like, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe maybe I'll try another one. So then I loaded up Ashen and I got my ass kicked by the first boss like six times and I uninstalled. <laughs> uh, in Dark Souls speak, basically you did a classic wizard run. In Dark Souls, if you are a wizard, you're overpowered from the start. Uh, but you know what? I'm glad you finished it. I'm glad you had a good time. Does this fill you with confidence for your next Dark Souls-like or even <gasps> Dark Souls? Oh, well, I'm, I think I'm going to try Bloodborne because everybody keeps saying that that one's up my alley. Mm -hmm. um, the, the nice thing about Mortal Shell is like the learning curve isn't so ridiculous and it's a lot easier I think specifically because um, a lot of the enemies don't have a huge range of moves okay and I think in when I and I think in Dark Souls they do even like the the base enemies you fight first you know they just slash at you a little bit and then all of a sudden they do that spaz attack and fuck you over right and, and like every I feel like every enemy in that game has that attack and some crazy amount of range and weird hitboxes so if there's anything that like mortal shell did right in my opinion is like the hitboxes were very easy to read and understand okay the enemies move sets were easy to understand uh and then like there it's not so complex that you can't it's you know it just takes forever to level up your character and feels like 
you can't break through to get to that groove of the gameplay mm-hmm. that like where it just clicks and you're like okay i got it now sure. i understand so you know uh I, I really enjoyed Mortal Show. I really enjoyed Fallen Order. So, uh, you know, maybe I just don't like the super challenging ones. But uh, like I said, Bloodborne's. I think Bloodborne's next on my alley. And then for anybody that's actually looking to try a Souls-like and sucks at them like me, Mortal Show's a really good place to start. I think that is great. Um, over on my end of the world, um, by the time this episode releases, it will be September and uh, for anyone who is like me and holds Halloween dear to their heart, September is the start of Halloween <laughs> season. Um, and so I have been uh, getting all my spooky games and spooky movies ready to go to watch because I love Halloween. Uh, so I've been delving into something called the Dread X Collection 2 which is a collection of very small, very indie horror games um, that have a really unique presentation. It's, it's maybe 15, 12 to 15 very small indie horror games, but in order to play those games, there is a, a Mario 64-esque overworld. And that overworld is you are trapped in a creepy mansion and you need to solve puzzles to unlock keys to unlock the ability to play the games. (laughs) And it is a really fun little dive into some, I mean, arguably very bad games, but (laughs) but that's that's what you get when you go like ultra, ultra indie. Like one of the first ones I picked up, you're a squirrel hunter. And then at the end of each day after you hunt all of your squirrels, you nail their dead bodies to the corpse of your girlfriend. Uh, oh. the, the actual squirrel hunting is really, really terrible, but, you know, good atmosphere, good vibe. <laughs> uh, a lot of, like, first-person horror, yeah. you know, walking games. Uh, one really remarkable Cthulhu dating sim. I actually had the most fun playing. Isn't that an idea that Yahtzee had at one point? Maybe. I think it might <laughs> I think it was. Cthulhu's a, a hot anime girl, and so you need to... <laughs> You need to balance seducing her versus the destruction of all of reality. And <laughs> oh, it's, it's a really fun presentation. Like, you know, a lot of horror is just juxtaposition. And so, like, this juxtaposition of ultra-cutie dating sim versus the eyeballs bleeding, you know, our world burning forever and ever. Uh, so it, that one was really fun. Uh, and and really just walking around this mansion and solving some of the puzzles was really neat. Uh, you know, like an example of a puzzle is uh, I found an area that had four bloody limbs dangling off of chains and each of them played, if you pulled on them, they played a note <laughs> on a piano. And so you had four limbs and then a little uh, sign that said two bits. And so obviously they're looking for a shave and a haircut two bits Uh, and so like figuring out the order of bloody limbs to play was one of the puzzles like haha (laughs) it was really neat where is this (laughs) where do you find this i don't know i I found i someone on twitter shared it i'm sure so it's on it's, it's on steam it's on Steam. Both the Dread X Collection and the Dread X Collection 2, which is what I played, are both available on Steam. These don't sound like, sound like Halloween games. These just sound like weird kink games. 
Him? Guess what? Little <laughs> potato, little potato, my friend. <laughs> God. It's, uh, you know, it's not for everyone. I, I really... Yeah, you say. I really enjoyed digging into these weird minutiae games. Actually, there was one, uh, one I almost forgot to, to mention. One of these games is literally like a two-color horror game, just gray and black. And it's it's so unusual and so unnerving like you play it like you look like a et from the atari game that's mm. how much character you have and you're you're uh, exploring this old abandoned camp and you run into a murderous ape and there's other characters running around there's killers there's very simple gameplay mechanics but it's able to convey a real creepy atmosphere using the barest of minimum graphics and i think like finding stuff like that is why i enjoy delving into the ultra indie i i suppose you will find some gems in the rough of all this stuff you throw your head into <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> So, Nick, the other game that I think we've both been playing, uh, you know, speaking of death, um, the afterlife, uh, ghosts, spooky, spiritual, how about the ultra-cute Spiritfarer? Yep, developed by Thunder Lotus, who made Jotun and uh, Sunder before it. So it's been mm. kind of cool to watch them. You know, every time they've made a game, they've made something completely different each time. Mm. But I think I think Spiritfarer is their... Uh, their magnum opus and it will be hard for them to top this uh so so for those who haven't played it it is basically a uh oh how do you even describe it like like it's, it's, almost, it's like almost like a harvest like a, moon it's a town builder it's almost yeah it's almost like a harvest moon where you ferry people off to their afterlife <laughs> Yes, uh, but like the main crux of the gameplay is keeping all of your spirits happy and enhancing your boat with more things. Very Stardew Valley, very... Uh, kind of like The Sims, too. <laughs> it's, it's very Stardew Valley, and it's very like balancing that... Any, any game like this, any simulation game like this, has a really tough job because you can never... You can never feel overwhelmed, but you can also never have nothing to do. Right. You always got to be and finding so, new things. Right. And Just so, keep that like, loop it going. has to give you enough things to occupy your time without being overwhelming. And it does a really fantastic job. There's always a little something to do, there's always new places to go, but it's very chill, it's very relaxed. And more importantly, Nick. I think you'll agree with this. The presentation, the art style is phenomenal. Yep. I enjoy it. It's uh, one of the reasons I'm sticking with it is, you know, I usually don't play these types of games, but I just, I can't get enough of it. I'm surprised. Like, I literally spent the whole weekend playing it. <laughs> uh, but how are, you, how are you feeling about, like, the, the story so far? Because there's, uh, not, there's uh, not really, like, an overarching story. It's, like, a bunch of different character studies kind of it is and, and I felt like and maybe it's just me and I like the themes and all that like each character has his own theme of like coming to terms with something before leaving and coming to peace with themselves and mm -hmm. uh, I felt like some of it's a little bit hard to follow though because they like talk about things that happened in their past that just and it's just kind of there <laughs> it's you know to me it's it's one of those like they give you enough information yeah. to 
put some of the puzzle together and then they trust you to put the rest of the pieces there if right. you are invested. Uh, and so, you know, like you start off with uh, with uh, a lot of just your fa your your ferrying your family members, right. um, and and it's it's really it's well told in that it's told very sparingly. Like they never sit you down and say, "This is why this character is important," mm -hmm. which to me would be too overhanded. Like they give you they give you all the nuggets you need. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy the gameplay loop of it. It's uh, like you said, really calm and relaxing. Uh, I think my only complaint really about it so far is the uh, the traveling aspect because there there is fast travel points. I don't know if you're that far yet, but you can get to these yeah bus the stations. bus stops right. Mm -hmm. But uh, like getting from one area to another, it just takes so long. Sometimes I feel like, and I I think that's part of the experience. It's supposed to just be serene and calming, but it's also like all right, but but you know, when you got to Nick, do it again and again, always. And again there's always stuff to do so you you set your point and yeah. then you go fishing you tend your crops you smelt metal yep. you uh, weave the crops that you've grown you bake stuff like there's just little things to set up you talk to your characters you have to feed your characters always something to do in fact i i prefer long traveling because then i can set up my things and you know during the travel mm -hmm. uh yeah no and you know, I think uh, usually I, I'm a little wary about town builders or, or like, you know, especially like your survival games where you Wait, you're you wary about town builders? Usually, yeah. There's been usually. obviously... There's You've been, played uh, like a hundred of them. There are a few exceptions and the hundred I've played, I... <laughs> Let's start Valley, Animal Crossing, Littlewood. Yeah, and did did I keep playing Littlewood? No. Did I keep playing Animal Crossing? No. Did I keep playing uh, the millions of other town builders? No, because they're not as good. <laughs> and here is what Spiritfarer does that sets it apart, which is the base that you are building. You never feel like you are trapped there, like you're hunkered down because it moves with you. It reminds me of uh, a game I really, really enjoyed a long time ago called The Flame in the Flood, which is a survival crafting game that, but instead of hunkering down on your base, you're moving along a river. And that constant feeling of motion is a constant feeling of progression in yep. Spirit Fair. Yep. And so you never feel, you never feel bad about going back to your ship. Yeah, that, that is, um, that is the good like a really good aspect of the game is the feeling of constantly moving forward. Mm. I do like that because I, that's one of my things with like a, a city builder or like Stardew Valley and all that is always like having to go back and forth and back and forth and back Absolutely. and forth. At least with Stardew Valley, it's just, I mean, uh, yeah, and yeah, with Spirit Fair, it's just, you know, progress, you go to a new area, you find new equipment, you unlock new things, you find go to a new area, find new resources, unlock new things. Turn those mm -hmm. resources into something. Turn that resource into something else. <laughs> and I also like that the entire game is not based around an economy either. Yes. Like the, yes, there is an economy I, aspect to it, but it doesn't just resolve around, you know, grind to get your shit, go sell your shit, buy more shit. <laughs> yes, there's multiple ways to get your shit. Uh, another thing that I think is really great is the tiny little mini games that accompany all of your little time wasters you know like normally in a game like stardew valley you know the only really mini game you get is with fishing 
Uh, but here you um, you get a little mini game with uh, your thread weaving. Uh, you have to time your button presses. A little mini game in your sawmill where you have to follow a little dotted line. A little mini game when you're smelting metal, keeping that heat uh, just right. And my personal favorite, the rhythm mini game of gr to making your, your plants. plants grow. Oh, so adorable! You just play the guitar. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a. Uh... That's been a it's been a fun and relaxing game to play. I'm I'm surprised I'm enjoying it as much as I am, just because I I don't usually play a whole lot of those games. But mm -hmm. uh, even and even though it's about death, it's just it just doesn't feel like it. It feels like you're it's just a lighthearted adventure. And uh, <laughs> I've heard from other people that have played it, it gets very sad at points, but it's also a happy sad. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's, can, it's very chill about its emotions. Yeah. So I yeah I dig that. Yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for a new indie game. It's on Xbox Games Pass and Steam and I'm playing Switch. it on the Switch myself. Yeah, I thought about buying it on Switch, but then it was on Games Pass and I don't have to spend money. It's really nice, though, Though, like with, with a Stardew Valley, I could always like plop down for the 15 minutes that was one day and get that day done. Here, I definitely feel the pull for another day, another day, another day. Like, I'm ready to keep going. <laughs> right. By the way, you mentioned the... Uh, the Flame and the Flood, the developers of that just released their new game, Drake Hollow. Oh. Yeah, it's like a monster farming sim kind of thing. All right, put that on my list. Yep, I figured you would. Oh, yeah, no, Flame and the Flood was a, a very special... Because, again, like that survival crafting, I always felt trapped hunkering down in the base, but then they just made the base move with... Ah, it's beautiful. I love The developer of that game worked on Bioshock. Okay. So... I, I don't I, I've never played Bioshock. So. Okay. Oh wait, no, I've played Bioshock. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You know you what? You, you said Bioshock, and that made me think of Bioware, which made me think of Mass Effect, which I have not played. You have a weird brain. That's where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, you know, you would think the thread would attach like here to Bioshock. Nope. Your thread went. <laughs> You just got a little peek in what it's like living with ADHD. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, okay. So <laughs> it's true. I have I have big mental problems, Nick. Me too. So now here we are in the topics section. Not a ton of news breaking besides the fact that you can pre pre-order a PlayStation Five. I put my name on the list. So we're going to talk about literally the the cornucopia of new content coming to the uh, to the there's no c word there coming to the website the escapist <laughs> I, I was trying to do an alliteration thing the cornucopia uh -oh. of content coming to the escapist curriculum <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick, tell us about all the new things. So there's not much to talk about in gaming, although Gamescom did just happen last week, but Jack didn't pay attention to it. I didn't. I, they showed some Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, it looks pretty great. Move on. Pretty much. I didn't pay. I didn't pay much attention to it either. What are we going to talk about? Yeah. Oh yeah, the next gen game looks great. Blah, duh. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take this time to kind of tell you what's going on with the Escapists because uh, it's just past my second year or my first year of being here. So we're into my second year. There we go. And now we have a lot of new content coming up. Uh, we've been prepping for a little bit now. So 
to start off in the frame, which is our most popular column series, is being turned into a video series with Darren Mooney. So you can find that right now on the Escape's YouTube channel with his introduction video. And then we are still deciding on a day to actually publish the other videos because he writes the articles and we have to turn one article into a video and then we have to turn the video onto YouTube and make it all make sense with premium and how that works. So Absolutely. that's the first thing we're doing. Second thing is the Escapist Movie Podcast, which is hosted by Jack, Bob, and Darren. The first episode of that is out now on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Go listen to it. It's pretty good. Or if you want to if you want to watch a video version of it, it's the exact same content, but then you can look at these sweet faces. Look at these. Look at three ba- mostly bald men. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody left a comment. It was fucking hilarious. It was like, because you have uh, Bob you and then Darren and the one of the comments is like Darren looks like if Bob and Jack merged into one person <laughs> it's, true. it's true it's <laughs> true we have we have very similar faces Bob, uh, Bob, hey, Darren got Bob's beard and your bald head <laughs> uh, it's a lot I, of fun talking you can't to those guys. it you can't I'm see super it. excited for uh, for the series just to talk about movies with a couple movie people it's gonna be great yeah uh, so on top of all that, we're also getting ready to premiere another video series called Snapshot, which features Marty Sliva. And Snapshot's basically uh, we're, we're, the video. The, the column it was based on a column series that we're now turning into a video because we figured it made more sense. And the column would basically take a look at kind of like gaming's most iconic moments, and then breaking it down and looking at it from a narrative perspective, uh, and why why it mattered so much to players so the very first episode on that will be up this weekend yesterday when after this comes out and uh it'll focus on the uh, god of war and when he spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) pulls out the uh the blades of chaos for the first time since he left oh in the in the playstation 4 god of war yeah 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 Part, that's part of the problem with naming your game after another game is you have to be specific. Same with Doom 2016. So if we want to talk about an iconic moment in God of War, we have to say an iconic moment in God of War, the, the one that came out on PS4. You know, the new one where he's dad boy, that one. The problem is they put the HD collection on PS4 too. So technically the first God of War is also on PS4. You know, the one he's got the beard. It's the, oh, it's the Nordic one. It's like, the, or, and so it's like the different God of War, the newer God of War, but until we get the God of War 2 and then that's going to be the newer one. And so it's like, it's like, a, it's just ne- Give it, give your game a different name, please. It's hard. <laughs> I should just call it Dad of War. Dad of Boy. Dad of Boy. Just call the sequel Boy. <laughs> boy. But uh, all right. So moving on. The next thing we're doing is a yet another podcast because we can't have enough of those now because we're crazy. People uh, love podcasts, Nick. Yep. So I am launching a solo interview podcast called Beyond the Pixels, and it's going to be basically a fun developer interview games industries focused person podcast where i talk to people about kind of their jobs uh the story of what they're doing and then just general chit chat about games so my first episode of that is already recorded and i talked to jesper kid about the assassin's creed valhalla soundtrack so that was really fun i learned some crazy things about him and since the podcast episode will be out before before this comes out uh one of the most interesting things in that podcast episode that he told me about is so Jesper Kid is 
working on this Assassin's Creed Valhalla soundtrack with Sarah Shackner and uh, Enyar. Oh man, I forget his name. It's got it composes the Viking soundtrack. Okay. Uh, but so Jesper Kid is his studio is in a in a very small location. I can't say where because it's very private. <laughs> but um, he is basically composing his part of the soundtrack literally by himself. Okay. And if you hear this soundtrack, you would have no idea because there's so many different instruments going on. And you know what he's fucking doing? He's ordered all these like ancient Nordic instruments. And the whole time he's been making the soundtrack, he's taught himself to play each one of them. And then to make the music, he like writes out the music, plays in each instrument individually, and then matches it all together. I think that's great. That's fantastic. It blew my mind. Because <laughs> also, like, I've been in the studio because we filmed the documentary. I don't know how he fit all that stuff in there. So we talked all about that. It was a pretty fun discussion. He was he was oh, having okay. a good time. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite composers. He worked on he's worked on hitman assassin's creed borderlands darksiders all these major franchises i just and when he was announced to come back to assassin's creed i was like all right i don't care how good the game is i just want to hear his music again (laughs) but uh yeah oh yeah so we have new streams coming too because we're crazy so jack is no longer doing a solo stream because he's too busy for us so bye jack but uh you guys have been asking for it for a little bit, so we are going to be doing a post-3MR stream now on Tuesdays and Fridays. KC is going to be running it on Tuesday. Amy will be running it on Fridays. And then eventually we'll probably just throw Jesse on Saturday to stream every day because why not? <laughs> I think they're all great. I love. I, I always I always enjoyed having KC, Amy, and Jesse uh, streaming with me. They're great fun to talk to, and so they will make great additions to the streaming empire. That they will. So post 3MR will basically be like a post ZP. They play the game, one of the games that they reviewed that week, and they'll be discussing it more in depthly and chatting with you guys. So. Hopefully you enjoy it. I think it's a great idea. I think that's it. No, wait, no, there's one more thing. Uh, lastly, because I am absolutely insane and I don't value my time enough, uh, we are going to be running a, another game showcase this fall. Oh, yeah. Here it comes. I'm out. So, yep, we are announcing it on Monday, which is today that we're recording, uh, and we're going to be starting to get developers signed up, and the focus this time will be both next gen and indie games if it goes the way i want it to uh because we have seen very little of actual next gen games so i want to be the one to say hey come show us your next gen games please indie developers and big developers show us games you know, do it the... show us gameplay not not cinematic trailers <laughs> give us gameplay oh no i will get gameplay i only want gameplay but uh the only other time we're gonna see next gen stuff is the game awards but that's not till december and that's when after the consoles are out so (laughs) we'll see we'll see if we can pull it off but i think that's it i think that's everything that's coming i think that's a ton of stuff i think it's all very fun and exciting stuff i know there has been a lot of want for more general talkitude and we're giving it to you all the talks all the all the talks all the takes all the tokens all the tiki torches you know what i'm most happy about though what we are not making any content to cater towards angry things none of it's about i hate this i hate that it's all focused on positivity and that's what i'm proud of i just i'm just a very negative person i'm a very cynical person you're not even that cynical i try (laughs) i try to lift myself up I, i enjoy so many things 
it's uh yeah so no no more new content for a while but uh that's that's all the new stuff we've got coming up so hopefully you, you check it all out and then uh, obviously have to plug our our premium membership programs because that's helping to fund all this stuff so if you like what we do and don't want us to have to worry about it getting a hundred thousand views on every stupid video because youtube's algorithms suck just give us a dollar a month boom then it's solved that's all you got to do and then you get access to so many neat things ad free viewing experiences early youtube viewing uh, ask the creators questions uh, pre sneak previews at upcoming projects where we get your feedback all sorts of stuff and my sweet karate moves to boot <laughs> is this thing on <laughs> let me tell you about airplane food <laughs> Are we done? <laughs> all right, so that's all for this week. Once again, I've been Jack Packard, semi-professional video game enjoyer here for The Escapist. I'm Nicolandra, and I don't find Jack amusing. <laughs> you know, I'm also uh, the editor-in-chief of The Escapist. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I've never been married. Uh, I never liked the term wedlock. You know, a little, a little too close to deadbolt for me. Oh, <laughs> Know. This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's, that's, right. <laughs> that's right. You ever think why they call a call it a driveway when you park in it and a parkway when you're driving it? You ever think about that? It's so weird. <laughs> this guy knows. This guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs>